Iowa's Newsworthy Past is a project imagined and curated by me, Kristen Noonan, a newly minted librarian. With help from Rod Library at the University of Northern Iowa, I come through an encyclopedic, handy-dandy, Iowa Historical Newspaper Library Guide to select stories and record myself reading them out loud all in my basement. The music you're listening to right now is by Iowa City's Blake Shaw, and the music you're about to notice in the background is by Memphis resident Brendan Lee Spengler. Tune in and out as your time allows, and please enjoy your totally free, no strings attached, last from the past. It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to February 4th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Our first stop on this day in history will be in Sibley, Iowa in the Osceola County Tribune newspaper on February 4th, 1887. I'm your host, Kristen Noonan. It's a pleasure to be your guide today. Let's roll. Sudden change. Saturday morning gave every evidence of being the preliminary of one as fine winter days as you could ask for, being warm and pleasant. It so continued until about 10 a.m., when in less time than it takes to write this, the air was full of snow and sleet, and it was very evident we were in the midst of a genuine Dakota blizzard. This continued until the middle of the afternoon when it disappeared as suddenly as it came. It must have been more severe in Minnesota, however, as the Saturday afternoon train from St. Paul did not get through until Monday morning, about 7 o'clock. The train from Sioux City also failed to arrive until Monday 1 p.m. The Burlington was only an hour late Monday. The cow path seems to be scoring several victories this winter and making regular time. The Home Missionary Society According to the call as published last week, several ladies of the town met at Mrs. J.W. Morrison's on Wednesday afternoon and organized what they called a Home Missionary Society. The object of the same is to do home missionary work in our own neighborhood, look after the poor and destitute. The officers elected were President Mrs. C.I. Hill, Vice President Mrs. Cheney Bull, Secretary, Mrs. A.D. Tinsley, Treasurer, Mrs. W.B. Stevens. On reading the call last week, several cases of destitution were reported to the ladies, and the number right here in our midst was surprising. It makes a person think that it is pretty near time to stop this nonsense of sending aid to the heathens when there are so much need of missionary true Christian work right under our own nose. After perfecting the organization, committees were appointed to visit the needy families to ascertain what they most, what they are most in need of in the way of clothes, and then call the society together and endeavor to do something for them. The society will meet on Tuesday, next Tuesday at 2 p.m. at the residence of Mrs. Averill, east of Schoolhouse. 
to hear a report of the committee and see what can be done, as all the ladies can do is to do the sewing any assistance in the way of sewing or the donation of any articles of clothing that could be made over to do service will be gladly received. Let all the ladies turn out and help. Notice to the ladies of Sibley and vicinity. As several have spoken to us in regard to taking lessons in fancy work, we have decided to organize a class here about the 1st of February. Lessons will be given at a very much reduced price, commencing at 1 p.m. and take until 5, if a class of 8 or more can be organized. For full particulars, inquire of us at the store or at the residence of Mr. A. A. Bishop. Danks and Bishop. Injustice corrected. Convincing verification of wildcast public statements. In common with many publishers and editors, we have been accustomed to look upon certain statements which we have seen in our columns as merely adroit advertising. Consequently, we feel justified in taking the liberty of printing a few points from a private letter recently received from one of our largest patrons as a sort of confession of faith to our readers. We quote, We have convinced ourselves that by telling what we know to be true, we have produced at least a permanent conviction in the public mind. Seven years ago, we stated what the national disease of this country was and that it was rapidly increasing. Three years ago, we stated that a market check had been given it. The statistics of one of the largest life insurance companies of the country show that in 1883 and 1884, the mortality from kidney disorders did not increase over the previous years. Other companies stated the same thing. It is not presumptuous for us to claim credit for checking these ravages. Seven years ago, we stated that the condition of the kidneys was the key to the condition of health. Within the past five years, all careful life insurance companies have conceded the truth of this statement, for, whereas 10 years ago, chemical analysis to, de to determine the condition of the kidneys was not required, today millions of dollars in risks are refused because chemical examination discovers unsuspected diseases of the kidneys. Seven years ago, we stated that the ravages of Bright's disease were insignificant compared with other unsuspected disorders of the kidneys of many misleading names, that 93% of human ailments are attributable to deranged kidneys, which fills the blood with uric acid or kidney poison, which causes those many fatal diseases. The uric acid or kidney poison is the real cause of the majority of cases of paralysis, apoplexy, heart disease, convulsions, pneumonia, consumption, and insanity. Over half of the victims of consumption are first the victims of diseased kidneys. When the recent death of an honored ex-official of the United States was announced, his physician said that although he was suffering from Bright's disease, that was not the cause of death. He was not frank enough to admit that the apoplexy which overtook him in his bed was the fatal effect of the kidney poison in, his, in the blood, which had eaten away the substance of the arteries and brain.
nor was Logan's physician honest enough to state that his fatal rheumatism was caused by kidney acid in the blood. If the doctors would state in official reports the original cause of death, the people of this country would be alarmed, yes, nearly panic-stricken, at the fearful mortality from kidney disorders. The writers of the above letter give these facts to the public simply to justify the claims that they have made that if the kidneys and liver are kept in a healthy condition by the use of Warner's Safe Cure, which hundreds of thousands have proved to be a specific when all other remedies failed, and that has received the endorsement of the highest medical talent in Europe, Australia, and America, many life would be prolonged and the happiness of the people preserved. It is successful with so many different diseases because it, and it alone, can remove the uric acid from the blood through the kidneys. Our readers are familiar with the preparation named. Commendation thereof has often appeared in our columns. We believe it to be one of the best, if not the best, over-manufactured. We know the proprietors are men of character and influence. We are certain they have awakened a widespread interest in the public mind concerning the importance of the kidneys. We believe with them that they are the key to health, and that for their restoration from disease and maintenance in health, there is nothing equal to this great remedy. The proprietors say they do not glory in this universal prov provalence of disease, but having started out with the purpose of spreading the merits of Warner's safe cure before the world, because it cured our senior proprietor who was given up by doctors as incurable, we feel it our duty to state the facts and leave the public to its own inferences. We point to our claims and to their public and universal verification with pride, and if the public does not believe what we say, we tell them to ask their friends and neighbors what they think about our preparations. As stated above, we most cordially commend the perusal of this correspondence by our readers, believing that in doing so, we are fulfilling a simple public obligation. Iowa State News Exira claims a population of 700. Cambridge is moving for a rolling mill. Burlington is kicking for a district fair. Corn thieves are infesting Bremer County. The post office at Bard has been discontinued. Des Moines is having a season of first-class opera. Tama County issued 178 marriage licenses in 1886. James McLennan, a Stanwood druggist, has failed. Council Bluffs has two preachers who are ex-gamblers. English sparrows are becoming a nuisance at Ottumwa. Clinton is to have the free mail delivery system at once. The gamblers of Keokuk are dodging nightly raids by the police. The old land office building at Des Moines has been sold for $152. The Vernon Mill property has been sold by the sheriff for $2,097.10. A new national bank will be established at Cedar Rapids on May 1st. C. 
Cedar Rapids wants a live man to furnish them with a canning factory. John Lampkin, living near Conrad, has lost 216 hogs out of a drove of 270. Dr. Robertson, who died at Muscatine recently, carried a life policy of $10,000. Cedar Rapids is to have a toboggan slide 40 feet high and 160 foot stretch. The Germania Sick Relief Association of Davenport cleared about $200 by a dance. 35 converts were added to the Presbyterian Church at Keokuk the past year. Better mail service is asked by the papers of the northwestern part of the state. The early closing movement has been re-inaugurated by the dry goods merchants of Keokuk. The State Board of Medical Examiners have granted 3,100 certificates to practicing physicians. The Burlington Coffee and Spice Mills were closed the other day to satisfy a chattel mortgage. Dubuque has just listed her building improvements of last year and adds up a total of $1,026,301. A firm in Stone City shipped 2,500 cars of stone in 1886, of which 400 cars were dressed stone. Dubuque raised $796.25 by subscription the other day for the German Catholic Orphan Home. Knoxville is working on an $18,000 system of waterworks and is also to have an electric light plant. Suke, the Sherryville murderer, plead guilty at Iowa City and was sentenced to life imprisonment. Three Burlington children were seriously poisoned by eating beef soup that had stood in a tin vessel overnight. The Literary Society of Springville had a debate recently on resolved that war is a greater civilizer than religion. Plans are being projected at Samoyne for a general raid against obscene literature under the present stringent law. Saloon keepers at Des Moines are not only violating the Clark Law daily, but are now charged with selling liquors to minors. The first court held in Dubuque County was open on the 10th of January, 1835, presided over by Honorary E. Lockwood. P.A. Kelly, a lumber dealer of Blairsburg, has skipped out, leaving numerous creditors. Dubuque parties suffer over $8,000. The running expenses of the State House for the last eight and one half months of last year amounted to $14,126.17. Mrs. Dora Lorenzo, an inmate of the Lee County Poor Farm, has been adjudged insane and taken to the asylum at Mount Pleasant. When the water was first turned on at the Independence Asylum, it required 20 minutes for the water to be carried two miles. The liverymen of Davenport have put away their sleighs for the winter in the firm belief they will not need them any more this winter.
Mayor Glab of Dubuque was presented with a fine silver medal by the management of the St. Paul Ice Palace at the latter city last week. The Western Union Telegraph Company has paid to the state their annual tax on Iowa Times, giving a check for $9,768.39 for the same. A Story County farmer has just struck water on his farm heavily impregnated with iron, sulfur, sulfate of magnesium, and other salts. The Cedar Rapids packing house had killed 199,400 hogs up to the 22nd, making about 41,000 more than during the same period last year. Honorary H.D. Sherman, State Dairy Commissioner, has a test made by himself to detect the foreign substances in samples of butter. Samples of Iowa butter will be on exhibition at the Interstate Dairymen and Fruit Growers Convention at Jackson, Mississippi next month. More prairie chickens are seen along the line of railroad between Cedar Rapids and Waterloo this winter than for many previous seasons. The water in the river at Iowa City is so low that it cannot furnish power to run the electric light machinery and the streets are left in darkness. Dennis Barker, an ex-saloon keeper of Kiyosakwa, left silently and mysteriously, owing $500 in unpaid fines, which was to have been worked out. President Pickard of the State University will withdraw from the presidency at the end of the present school year. Advancing age is the chief motive of his action. Diphtheria at Marshalltown has caused about 60 deaths since August of last year, all of them children under 12 years of age. Defective sewerage is charged as the cause. The family of John Cockenor of Otumwa, living in a basement, were forced out of home on the night of the 23rd by the rain and all their furniture and provisions ruined. William Smock, aged 16, while working around a horsepower and used for drilling a well on his father's farm in Benton County, had the leg of his left boot caught by the knuckle of a tumbling rod terribly crushing the leg and making amputation necessary. Preston people are looking for a crossing of the Diagonal and Quincy Roads at that point, and the location of a 10-stall roundhouse by the Chicago, Burlington, and Quincy. Rumor also makes that town a division point of the latter road in the near future. That's it for February 4th on Iowa's Newsworthy Pass. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you liked your ride, remember that you can follow me on Instagram at Iowa's Newsworthy Past. If you didn't like your ride, well, maybe you will tomorrow.